Today we'll talk a sketchy outlaw slide job, closer championship battles for a few series, and some glaring safety issues. Let's go. It's Monday, September 19th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. We'll start this new week off with a little discussion about what is or isn't a good and clean slide job. On Friday night at the Keller Auto Speedway in Hanford, California, the World of Outlaws closed out their 2022 slate of California races with the $21,000 to win Tom Tarleton Classic. Carson Macedo was out front for 32 laps starting on the pole, but things got spicy late in the going. The Shark teammates of Logan Schuhart and Jacob Allen had driven through the field, Logan from 10th and Jacob from 22nd, to get into contention. With three to go, Schuhart made his move for the lead into turn one, throwing a massive slider at Macedo. The 1S did technically clear the 41, but Logan's speed was way down at that moment, and Macedo had nowhere to go but to pile into the back of the 1S. It obviously killed Macedo's momentum, which allowed Schuhart to take the lead, but the worst part was that the contact damaged the front wing supports on Macedo's car. Schuhart drove on to the win over his Shark teammate, but Macedo faded to fourth at the end with the damaged wing bits. As you can imagine, Macedo was not pleased with Logan and showed his displeasure after the checkered flag. In the post-race release from the series, Macedo was mostly diplomatic, saying it is what it is, it's just one of them deals I think you have to put into the memory bank and just remember, unquote. Schuhart defended his actions in victory lane and in a tweet on Sunday saying, uh, said they were just racing for the win. He also said, quote, my definition of a slide job is to park a car in front of someone taking away their momentum. Some will not see it that way and that's fine, but our rear bumper is bent, not our right rear wheel, unquote. Schuhart was showered with booze in victory lane from the California fans who were probably fairly pro Macedo. And I wouldn't personally call this a dirty slider, especially with what we've seen in other forms of open wheel racing this season and in the past, but I don't love the move here. Schuhart clearly did what he felt he needed to do to win, but if the guy being slid can't stab the brakes and keep rolling without hitting the slide thrower, then it's probably not clean. And this wasn't a little tap bumper to bumper, this was pretty significant contact with damage that took Macedo out of contention. The beauty of this type of racing though is guys get raced like they race other people. And then the future when this favor is inevitably returned to Schuhart, hopefully he'll remember his own comments from this situation. Behind the drama for the leaders, it was another incredible performance for Jacob Allen. A 22nd to second run was Jacob's fourth straight podium finish and 13th top 10 in a row. Jacob's previous top 10 streak was just four races. We also saw a rare Donnie Schatz mistake on Friday night, leading the going while battling in the top five. Schatz jumped the cushion in four and got into the outside wall on the front stretch. The damage ended Schatz's night with a 23rd place result. Schatz hadn't finished outside the top 20 in an outlaw show since Merced back in March. The outlaws are headed back east now with stops at Sharon and Eldora on tap for this coming weekend. No big changes in the standings. Brad Sweet still leading David Gravel by 74 and Macedo by 94. Right on Saturday night at Knoxville pushed the late model nationals for the Lucas Oil late model dirt series to yesterday. That was Sunday afternoon. Bobby Pierce and Jonathan Davenport started together on the front row and both led laps early, but I did not have Tyler Bruning as a serious threat on my bingo card. The Iowa driver started third and ended up actually leading the most laps. He was out front late and looked to be in a good spot for the win, especially with Davenport battling with Earl Pearson Jr. inside 10 to go. But JD got clear of EPJ and was able to reel Bruning in quickly and steal the lead with just a few laps left. 
Davenport has obviously won several crown jewels this season uh, and a ton of money along the way. And yesterday's victory just adds to his incredible 2022. It was Davenport's first career win, though, in the Nationals. Bruning ended up settling for second with Brandon Shepard third at the end. Eight race nights remain in the season, and what was looking like an easy run to the end for McCready and a second straight Lucas Championship is now anything but. Engine issues earlier in the race uh, left him, uh, Tim McCready that is, with a 25th place finish. And with Bishop on the podium, the, only, uh, the gap is now only 100 points. Overcoming that deficit is going to be very doable for the Rocket House car if they can stay hot. McCready hadn't finished outside the top 20 in a Lucas main event since he was 28th at East Bay way back in January of 2021. Lucas Late Models head to Brownstown this weekend for the Jackson 100. The All-Stars were in Pennsylvania over the weekend for their final time this season. Friday at Williams Grove, it was all Lance DeWeese out front. He led from flag to flag to score his second All-Star win of 2022. Brent Marks and TJ Stutz completed the podium. Behind them, it was a wild night for Justin Peck. He tangled with points leader Tyler Courtney and ended up out of the ballpark in turn four. Sunshine looked like he just slipped up the track and Peck was kind of the victim. Incredibly, the Book 13 team got that car back to the pit area and repaired enough to continue in the race. Peck ended up driving all the way back to 11th at the end, which isn't easy to do at the Grove and especially at the Grove with a damaged race car. I do think that a few different incidents in the last few weeks have highlighted the safety deficiencies that still exist at a lot of racetracks around the country. We should not still be in situations where we have cars leaving the racetrack completely and ending up near light poles and billboards and all sorts of other terrible things. We also had the issue a few nights ago at Hanford where Caden Steele ended up on fire and DJ Neto was the first on the scene to help put the driver out. It was way too long before the fire and safety crew a lot, uh, were, were, had arrived in that situation. And it also seems as though these fire crews don't have the right extinguishers to put out these sprint car fires. I hope these places are evaluating their procedures this week and we can start making some movement forward. Uh, we can't continue to have incidents like this. And at Lincoln on Saturday for the Dirt Classic, Anthony Macri was chased by Justin Peck for much of the main event, but neither driver went to victory lane. Brett Marks drove up 10th and snagged the lead from Macri on the final lap to steal the $20,000 win. Marks is now at nearly $600,000 in winnings for the season. All that's left now for the All-Stars this season is this coming weekend's Four Crown Nationals at Eldora and then two nights at Fremont in October. Up at Fonda on Saturday night for the Fonda 200, Matt Shepard was finally victorious in the event. It was about the only thing left that he hadn't won in his career. He started 11th and slowly worked his way towards the front, finally taking the lead for good after a caution at lap 131. Anthony Prego tried to run him down late, but couldn't get close enough for a move. So $53,000 to Shepard with Perego second and Mike Mahaney in third. Shepard leads the Short Track Super Series Elite Series standings with two wins now. And he's also out front in both the North Region and South Region. And let me remind you, he's also in control with the Super Dirt Car Series. We could very likely see Shepard sweep the Short Track Super Series championships this season while also taking down the Super Dirt Car title. It's been a very good year for that 9S team. The USAC Sprint Cars were back in action over the weekend, and the race for the championship is suddenly a lot tighter. Friday night at Circle City, it was all Kevin Thomas Jr. He led every lap and scored his second one of the year and second in three races. KTJ had been focusing on winged racing this season, but it has been better as of late with the wing off. He did have to fend off Brady Bacon on that final lap, but Bacon didn't take the chance and throw a huge slider like he could have and like a lot of his uh, compatriots would have with that series. Uh, and instead settled for second. 
The reason the points, though, are, t- uh, are tighter, along with the second for Bacon, was early trouble for Justin Grant. He had an incident early on Friday, and his team couldn't get repairs made in time, so he finished the night in 23rd. It busted an 18-race top 10 streak, and it was JG's worst finish since a 21st at Bloomsburg Fair in June of 2021. Bacon also finished ahead of Grant on Saturday at Hobsot, so leaving the weekend, the gap between the two is now just 63 points. There are still nine race nights left for Bacon to close uh, that deficit down even more. The Saturday win at Hobstot went to Jaden Rogers, who had to drive his ass off to keep KTJ, Jason McDougall, and Kyle Cummins behind him. He ended up leading all but one lap to bag his first career USAC National Sprint Car win. Cummins and McDougall rounded out the night's podium. KTJ actually led lap 35, but was then out of the event after he slid high in four and caught the outside wall. Jaden Rogers was to his inside, and I don't know if he thought he was going to slide up or kind of what happened there, but a tough end of the night there for KTJ. USAC Sprint Car season continues Thursday over at Gas City. If you want some racing to get into tonight, don't forget about the XR Super Series at Kokomo. Tonight is 20,000 to win, and Tuesday is 40,000 to win. The field is packed and includes Davenport, McCready, Madden, Overton, Owens, Bab, Moran, and a whole bunch more. Brandon Shepard is back in the B5 tonight as he gets ready to go full-time in that car next season. You can watch the Kokomo Dirt Nationals live over on XR+. Other weekend late model winners included Max Blair at Erie's, Ashton Winger at Magnolia, Kay Dillard was actually the Saturday winner at uh, Magnolia, Ross Bales was a ULMS winner at Dog Hollow, Michael Chilton won the Ironman show at Atomic, Mark Whitener was a crate winner at East Alabama, and Will Harrington won the Southern All-Star show Sunday at East Alabama. And at the Hawk and McMillan Memorial on Saturday, Wayne Johnson led the final 16 laps to score the ASCS win over Blake Hahn and Scott Boguski. It was Johnson's 59th career national tour win. He trails Blake Hahn, though, by 101 points for the ASCS championship. In the non-wing portion of the night with war, Chase Randall ended up on the winning side of a battle with Mario Clauser. Wesley Smith also in the mix there as well. Other weekend uh, open-wheel winners included Damian Gardner in CRA action at Paris. Aaron Reitzel won the Commonwealth Clash at Lernerville. And Cannon McIntosh was a Power Eye Midget winner at Fairbury. There are three items on the streaming schedule for today. Like I said, XR Plus has the Kokomo Dirt Nationals for the XR Super Series. Dirt Vision has the iRacing World of Outlaws Late Models. And there is Flow Racing 24-7. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. Make sure if you want to get some merch, you can head over to shop.dirttracker.com. Uh, I should hopefully have Dirt Tracker hats in hand uh, later this week, uh, so stay tuned for those, but you can get decals and shirts over at shop.dirttracker.com right now. That's it for the show today. Have a good Monday. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe to these videos. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily. Dirt Tracker Daily.